You're listening to the FUVFC Podcast on WFUVSports.org. It's not about tonight. It's not about Jurgen Klinsmann. It's not just about Bruce Arena. As a whole, U.S. soccer is not prepared. They have not done a good enough job of getting this group ready to play. And keep in mind, the last two Olympics, no United States. Those players that would be playing in the Olympics, 24 through 28, how many of them are in this roster? The players got to be good enough, too. So a lot of people on social media right now want to say it's Jurgen Klinsmann's fault. It's Bruce Arena's fault. It's Daniil Galati's fault. By the way, as an ex-player, every single one of those players, they can take some nightmares yep. for the rest of their lives because this is an utter embarrassment with the amount of money that is in Major League Soccer and in this sport. You can't get a draw, a tie against Trinidad? Max, you don't deserve to go to the World Cup. They, they... FUVFC on a very dark day for soccer in this country. Obviously, we are huge soccer guys personally, and we all want to see U.S. soccer do very well, but unequivocally, last night was an absolute and utter disaster, not just for the U.S. soccer team and all the players that are on that team, but for the sport in this country. John Furlong, Rich Franco, and Christian Hoban with you. You heard Taylor Twelman of ESPN with a fantastic rant last night and uh thank you for him for the clip guys rich i'm going to start with you man where just your opening thoughts we're going to talk about this a lot and we've got more than enough time to say everything we want to say but just your thoughts opening this show i uh, last night my first initial reaction was just shock like i i i had a pit in my stomach watching this team there was no heart the first half was just an utter embarrassment like how do how do you go off and beat Panama four nil at home and then go lose to Trinidad and Tobago two one in tr- in Trinidad and Tobago Trinidad and Tobago were already eliminated from the World Cup there is no heart in this U S team and I I I am at a loss for words to, I I Christian please go I I don't I you know. I had such a I had such a great weekend. US dominates on Friday against Panama. 4-0. It was incredible. It was a sight to see. You know, great weekend. The Eagles won on Sunday. I was feeling great. And then top of happens. the division too. Top of the division, they're looking real one. good this year. And then this happens. You know, it's it was literally the exact same lineup. I did Liter- not- literally start to bottom. All 11 starters for the US were the same from a 4-0 defeat of Panama, a team that's actually going to the World Cup, I know. to a 2-1 loss to Trinidad and Tobago, a team that had been long eliminated from contention for qualifying for the World Cup. 93% were the odds of the US qualifying for the World Cup after their 4-0 win over Panama. I to be completely honest, I was a little bit busy yesterday. I had a lot of work to do. I have a, a couple tests on Thursday. I didn't even think about this game. I realized later on at about halftime, I realized, oh, God, I, the U.S. game is on. I completely forgot. Check my app. They're down 2 no. I just, yeah. I was, my heart just dropped. I was like, oh, my God, this is really going to happen, isn't it? I didn't even care about the other scores. I saw that both Honduras and Panama were down at halftime. I didn't care. I knew they were going to win those games. I, I just had this feeling yeah. that they were going to win this, that they were both going to win their games. And sure enough, I'm waiting there just refreshing. I've got some illegal stream up on my laptop, trying to watch any the game any way I can. Uh, just to and be like, clear, uh, FEVFC does not advocate these. No, we do not. Streams. When you have Bay in sports and nobody yeah, else gets it, it's really, true. really hard when it's you're trying difficult. to do that. It's I had well. like an audio <laughs> I had like an audio stream going on on one tab. It was yeah. it was bizarre. I tried to get any way, but I was just refreshing, refreshing, refreshing on all these CONCACAF scores, and I just I was just waiting for the two to pop up over Panama, yeah. and I knew it was coming. Yeah. I just didn't know when, and I w- it was just and it sure was, enough, in what the 89th, 88th minute, 88th minute, yeah. 
And I don't even. And this is something that I, I'm glad. And we talked about this before the show. I'm glad that no one has brought up that the first goal was in fact not a goal. It never went in. But I don't honestly at this point, n- none of that matters. Matter. None of matter. that matters at this point. And I'm glad U.S. soccer fans haven't been bringing that up because yes, it wasn't a goal. But that should that that's irrelevant at this point. And I'm I'm very happy that U.S. soccer fans are really looking at the actual problems of this club, or not this club, at this this organization. And there are a lot of things to from top to, to bottom. From top to it's, bottom, you're right, it's Rich. Just a, a complete and utter embarrassment, and to an extent, I can't sit here and say that I was angry. I, I I'm not angry as as to the United the players themselves. I'm disappointed. The United States as a whole have has has looked at the the World Cup. It's a privilege. The United States is expected to go to the World Cup. Every year, it's like, oh, you know, let's just we expect to qualify. We're going to qualify th- for the World Cup. Well, they didn't. Yeah, it was just it just it never even crossed my mind until like literally the second half of this match that the U.S. that it was possible for the U.S. to not qualify in our lifetime. It was insane that we we have never not seen the United States at a World Cup. The only living player on the U.S. World Cup roster, this qualifying roster. To be alive when they had not qualified in 1986, Tim Howard. Tim Howard, yeah, who incidentally is somehow still the U.S. starting goaltender. He's like a thousand years old. He's. I don't. The second goal was absolutely his fault. There's no way a player from it, Trinidad and Chicago should be scoring from 40 plus yards on. But you. it's That's not. Ridiculous. It's not just his fault there. That play, he had so rich, much time. Rich, Rich, I don't, John, ca- rich, that, I don't that care. Go- that goal was his fault, it, but the game was not his fault. Oh, I, I agree with you 100%, but the second goal was his fault. The first goal should, was not should, his fault. Should he have saved it? Probably yes. yes. Should he have had all that time to and space to go walk to, up and, and, and have a, a goal like that? No. That, uh, uh, so many there's terrible a, things. There's just so, so much for, to talk about. I feel so bad for Christian Pulisic, who's not going to get that world and stage that's, next and summer. And that's another— that would have been a breakout for him. I know, and that's the biggest—this was supposed to be Pulisic, Pulisic's biggest big stage, his big moment. He's going to announce himself on the world stage. Honestly, for him, if he has a, a World Cup where he scores three, four goals and has two assists and brings the U.S., it doesn't even matter. If he, if he brought the U.S. to the knockout stage, you, you see Real Madrid knocking on his door. You see Bayern Munich Absolutely. knocking on his door. Absolutely. He's going to a bigger club. Not to say that Borussia Dortmund is not a big club. They are a big club in, in world football. But that you've got even bigger clubs going to be knocking on his door after yeah. that. And right now he's lost. Basically, he's lost four years off of his international career. Yeah. He is, this team is basically a lame duck until, until this time in 2021. Although maybe 2020 because apparently the 2022 World Cup is in January now. I don't know what the deal is with that. That's going to be bizarre. But anyway, in about the, the, we're going to be in our mid-20s the next time we see the U.S. play in a World Cup. Yeah, and it's wild. Our mid-20s. And the thing about Pulisic and the U.S. men's national team is there's not, like, a tournament between World Cups like there is in Europe. I know. There's no Euros. Like, the Euros are a great tournament. The Gold Cup next year, I mean, mean, but but it's the Gold Cup. I know, but, like, that's the biggest the U.S. has at this point. Yeah, that's the—if the biggest thing that you have— Just beat Mexico in the final of the Gold Cup. That's basically as close as you can get to a World Cup game and not a World Cup year. And just go from I don't know that's 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 the best I can come up with at this point. I think what the last huge tournament that we could talk about was the Copa America Centenario, where they got absolutely shellacked by Austria, uh, by Austria, by Argentina with Lionel Messi last summer, and that wasn't even a real tournament at that yeah. point. Like that was just like a, a thrown together kind of made up thing that ended up being really fun to watch, but it was it wasn't even a real tournament. Yeah, I mean it's it's just yeah, truly unfathomable 
It's crazy. So we covered Pulisic. Is it Pulisic? Pulisic. Pulisic. Okay, because I heard Bruce Arena say Pulisic, and that's how how I've been saying it. I know that is true. So Pulisic, he's he's not going to go to the World Cup. The U.S. is not going to go to the World Cup. This is the last, probably the last international game for Tim Howard, Clint Dempsey, hopefully Michael Bradley. He's every single time it seems like the U.S. needs a big game from him, including... I he was so everyone if the, if Michael Bradley's not in that Portugal game in the last World Cup they win that game three 0 I don't care what like, he was so bad in that game and he was the only one on the pitch who had a bad game not not, not even just three 0 like they just wouldn't have lost the game uh, yeah the, well the, they drew the, they drew that game the, yeah but it was but, the turnover his turnover late in the match that, I know that caused them to lose that game I know yeah he was it was it was absolutely terrible and every like. Like I said before, any time the U.S. needs him to step up and be the— the fact that he's the captain just bothers me. Yeah, but the fact that he needs to— when any time the U.S. needs him to step up, he just lays an absolute egg in midfield. And it's it's embarrassing to have your captain and someone who's supposed to be of international caliber keep doing that on it, uh, doing that I, time and time again. It's, it just it just makes him want to pull your hair out, which is ironic because he doesn't have any hair. I've had problems with Michael Bradley on this team since— Bob Bradley was the coach. Like, literally, when I was first paying attention to U.S. men's national team, I was like, oh, this guy's only on the team because his dad's the I coach. agree with you. And then he got, he stayed on the team through Klinsman and now into Arena. How does that happen? What is there Who made any, that decision? Like, Kellen Acosta can easily take the keys from Michael Bradley. And There's no doubt about it. And Darlington Nagby can do the same. And it's like, it, even if you want to go with, like, like the U.S. soccer for some reason has a has a, places a big emphasis on ML, using MLS players. Even if you want to like really go at like an old mainstay MLS U.S. men's national team player who would be better than Michael Bradley, why not Alejandro Bedoya? Yeah, I, there are just so many players where you look at them and you think, why have they not been called up? Why have they not even been given a chance in a U.S. men's national team jersey? Here's what Bruce Arena had to say after the game last night. I I think it's. Uh... It's disappointing. It's it's a blemish for us. We should not uh, uh, be staying home for this World Cup. I agree. They should not be staying home for this World Cup. But from a from an, a holistic standpoint, when you yes, the U.S. is a soccer country that should not be staying home for this World Cup. And not to mention, Concacaf is probably the easiest. Continent to get a bid from. I mean, if you look at South America, I mean, Chile staying home, and they had they they just barely missed out, and they're 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 Ar- sta- Argentina almost missed out. Yeah, on I know. The yeah. Portugal almost missed out on the World Cup. I know. Netherlands and- is out, and look at look at Concacaf. We get three and a half bids for a, a continent where soccer. We have all these small. Uh, yes, soccer is beloved here on this continent and, and in Central America, but these countries are so small. There's just not the quality. And exactly, there's not the quality. The fact that this this federation has, or not the federation. What's the word I'm looking for? The dele- delegation. Who even for, for who what? even cares? Whatever. Yeah. But the, the fact that this continent gets three and a half bids. That's wild. Is, is wild, and it's incredibly lucky for the U.S. that they weren't even eliminated before the final day because they were given so many chances, and they just threw it all away. They basically they, they threw it all away. From, so. When you look at it on a game-to-game basis and on a player-to-player basis, this team absolutely deserves to stay home. And that's what we said last week on the podcast. We said one week ago today, if they don't win both of these games or even get a draw in that game against Trinidad, considering given the fact that they win on Friday, which they did, they don't deserve to go to the World Cup. And they, they don't. And they they can't, they, This team would have gotten smacked next oh, summer. They gotten even if they would have been in a group with Egypt, uh Iceland and hey, don't England. Knock Iceland, I know, no, Iceland is good. But even if they would have been in a group like that, like they were in the 2010 World Cup, they still would have come in third and gotten bounced in the first round. Oh yeah, for like this sure. team is terrible. Yeah, they have nobody to play keeper. They're all like 35. Yeah, to, to their think... youngest keeper is like Brad Guzan. 
He's he's like thirty seven. Yeah. yeah, he's a thousand. <laughs> and and to think that we made it out of the group of death at the last World Cup is astounding. Yeah. We we were talking about how we could possibly beat Belgium, you know. We yeah. we we and made, you make you we, make a good we, point we there. We made the next step in American this soccer. This is my main point coming up right here, Rich. And, and now we we can't go to Trinidad and Tobago and and, and beat them and get a it's, win. It's get not a even, draw. It's yeah, it's not even getting a win. It's getting a point. A getting point. a this draw. Team, a point. They this just team had th- this team had 3 had points nil, nil in 9 game. games. Just yeah. putting that out there. This this team had nothing to play for. 3 points in 9 games by far the worst team in the hex. And, and they were all they were all 3 draws. It wasn't even like it was It wasn't one even win. a win. That, this is their only win of the qualifying process. Yeah. It's it, it's absolutely humiliating. You brought up my main point, Rich. After the 2014 World Cup, everybody was so happy. Like, oh, we fought Belgium to the bitter end. I mean, it was just because I mean Tim Howard had that incredible game. What, but if it's not for saves? but it's not if it's not for Wondolowski missing that absolute sitter, oh, I mean this team goes to, this team goes to the final eight against Argentina. Yeah, and this team was saying, and everybody was saying after that World Cup, okay, we're close, we're getting there, we're gonna, we're closing the gap on the Belgiums, on the Argentinas, on the Colombias of the world, like those kind of second tier teams. We're in Tier 3. We're kind of moving our way up into Tier 2. We're not going to challenge the big boys. We're not going to challenge Brazil. We're not going to challenge Germany. We're not going to challenge Spain, any teams like that. But we're moving into that second tier and taking the next logical step for the United States soccer team. And in in three and a half short years, this team has gone from challenging from the second tier to not even being able to beat a small Caribbean island to qualify for the World Cup in a do-or-die game. That That is the state of U.S. soccer right now. And I don't even... Because... Now Bruce Arena says, oh, maybe maybe we don't need any changes. So Neil Galati comes out yesterday, you don't make wholesale changes off of two inches. Because he's saying, like, oh, if that ball doesn't hit the post, that we go to the World Cup, and we, why would we need to make changes? No, even if this team did go to the World Cup, there needs to be massive, massive changes. Because this, well, I mean, this team just is not... This country and this the thought process with every single person at the USSF is just so flawed right now, and I don't... I, I can't see this getting better unless... This unless everybody is gone and it's a completely clean house and it starts over and starts fresh with Pulisic as the captain and as the leader of this team and everybody else builds off of that. Yeah, to be to be fair to Bruce Arena and Sunil Galati in their comments, they are not they're not going to advocate for change because they're the change that would come if they if they advocate for change. What's the change? You fire Galati and Bruce Arena. So I mean, and, I don't know and everybody else at the USSF. I just don't. I, we talked about this last week, how big of a blow this is going to be for U.S. soccer, the sport in this country. And I know there, there, there are still a ton of people who are still warming themselves up to soccer. This isn't going to help. Now, oh, no. now the U.S. Oh, we didn't qualify for the last World Cup. Why should I care? Like that's I mean, that's, they're, they're, people who love soccer are still going to watch the team regardless. But it's a it's got to start becoming a mainstream thing. And this certainly not necessarily it's got to, but if it wants to be respected as much as it should in this country and as much as we think it should, this this definitely does not help. And all the leaps that they had taken at the 2014 World yeah. Cup, like. We essentially announced ourselves yeah. on the international stage. 2014 was a milestone for this t- for this soccer in this country. I, I remember reading something where England England did not advance to the knockout stage. They didn't get out of their group. Yeah, and England used to always you know mock us as like, oh look at uh, look at the look at the United States. They're the younger brother. You know they they call it soccer. It's called football. But they were they they respected us. Yeah, they were like, look look what they're doing. They got out of group of death. They we didn't we didn't get out of our group. And now, and they see how much Amer- Americans are really starting to love it over here. I mean, exactly. they see that. Yeah. And, and now, the, all of the things that this World Cup would have brought, 
the development of the players, the the growth of it within the United States, the possible 2026 bid. Yeah. No, they're still they're, we're still going to get the 2026 well, bid. Well, I agree. I, I hope so, because that might be the only way we make the cup. No, seriously. <laughs> the automatic I, bid. Seriously. I also, I also agree that we will most likely will get this, the 2026 World Cup. However, Pulisic, his growth is going to stunt, is yeah. going to stunt yeah. here. Yeah. And on another note, the players overseas are essentially our best players. Yeah. I, 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 MLS as a whole, their growth will be stunted now. Yeah. All right. The, literally, the, the U.S.'s best players are, are John, John John Brooks, Bobby and, Wood, and and Christian Pulisic. Yeah. And they all play in Europe. Yeah, where was Alejandro Bedoya this entire time? He was time? on the bench. I know. Like, why is he not? Why is he not coming on? He's, he's had a, he's had a great season. I know. That's Union. what I'm saying. Like, you've got to question a lot of these management decisions and the lineup. Yes, I know you won four 0 against Panama, but but it, it's like four days later. I know. And you're on an MLS heavy lineup. It's the end of their season. I know. They're exhausted. It's I not know. like the European players where their season's just starting. They can handle two games in five days. This is an MLS season that started in March. These guys have been playing every week since March, been practicing for the entire year. They're exhausted. Why would you not put some rotation in there? You don't have to rotate all 11 guys. Rotate three or four of them, especially in the midfield, just to have something. And and especially in a do-or-die game like this, yeah. you have to question the management. I know. You go down, you go down 1-0, right? It happens. It happens. Yeah. That was, it, it was, was a freak goal. It was, it was a, a freak goal. It, terrible the, own the goal. Ball, it was a terrible own goal. Omar Gonzalez, you know, he, he it, it just wasn't a lucky bounce for him. And then, obviously, the possible penalty. But where is the managerial change there? Where is the tactical change when you see your team is flat? A World Cup spot was on the line, and they were playing like they it was an international friendly. The U.S. has lost to Trinidad and Tobago three other times in their history. 2-1 in 2008 in the world in a World Cup qualifier, but it was not the Hex. In November of 1994 in 1-0 in an international friendly. And then back in July 1986, 1-0 and there was an asterisk because it didn't even say what what the match was. <laughs> what do you mean? It's just I, I was, match records just don't exist. It, I I looked it up. I I couldn't find I couldn't find the match record. Okay. So that just yeah that just shows you yeah. They be, they'd beaten them already a couple times in qualifying, right? The United States had beaten Trinidad and Tobago. Well, they beat them at home, obviously yeah. when they they played in, they played in June. Yeah, they, it was only two 0 I mean, I remember it's, that game. It wasn't the most convincing win, but they Pulisic, definitely though. yeah. It was it was definitely it was a win, but it wasn't the most convincing win against a, a a pretty weak team. But this, I mean, this team got twelve points from ten games. That is just absolutely embarrassing. The fact that they they scored they they scored ten more points qualifying for the twenty fourteen World Cup when I believe they won the hex. Than they did this time. That's the, an equivalent of three wins and a draw. They had 17 goals. Mexico was the second, had the second most goals scored with 16, and Mexico was top of the group. They so it was just it, so you're, they scored the second most. They scored the most the US, goals in the, the, in the hex. Score, scored the most goals in the hex with 17. Yeah. Christian Pulisic had had a hand in twelve of them. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 incredible how important he is to this program moving forward. We already talked about. Pulisic because he's just such an important part of this program. He's lost four. He's going to be 23 at the next World Cup. I mean, yeah, that's still pretty young. He's just entering his prime, but he's supposed to be a player that the U.S. can build around for an entire generation, and right now they've lost four years, and that's not that's not something that's going to be going away quickly. I mean, that's going to be 
lost time that Pulisic and this U.S. men's national team may never get back. And it's it's it, it makes you want it, to—it really makes you sad for him, first of all, because you saw his emotion after that first Panama goal. I mean, he loves this country, and he wants to play for it. He, he's giving it his all for this country. But w- when he's looking around in that dressing room, I mean, he was absolutely beside himself after that game. He must be so happy to going back to playing with players that actually can play this game. Yeah. Because he's thinking, thank God I'm going back to Dortmund and, and going to— train with players that actually care because right now I, I I am never speaking to any one of those any one of my teammates ever again he's the only one who deserves to hold his head up high after last night's game because he was the only one not only did he score the goal but he was really the only one trying last night yeah it was it was just an embarrassing effort which was which was sad to see because I mean they there were I mean yeah you can you can quibble with the lineup being that it was the same lineup from Friday but there, it wasn't a terrible lineup, all things considered. I mean, Nagby, I like when Nagby's in the lineup. I like Bobby Wood. I like DeAndre Yedlin. Where was that? Where were they? Yeah. What were they doing? I know. No, there are a lot of people. DeAndre you Yedlin, who's in the lineup because he's the fastest guy in U.S. soccer, is just kind of hanging around. Yeah. What's but, the point of being the fastest guy on the pitch if you're not going to run? You can point your. You can point your finger specifically at Michael Bradley, Tim Howard, and Omar Gonzalez. Those are the three guys that you can specifically point your fingers at. They had absolutely atrocious games, just didn't show up for whatever reason on the day. I, I Part of me says, like, okay, if, you, if, if it's working, and obviously it, this lineup did work against Panama, then don't change it. So part of me thinks that, but another part of me thinks it's very, very hard for... A hum- it, the letdown performance that like we hear it about all the time in college football, like you, you win a big game and then you like a team wins a big game against like a top ranked opponent and then the next week they lose to like an unranked like non conference opponent, like it, it happens. Like this is a, that's a hu- natural human thing to happen. And all of these players played at their absolute peak and gave their absolute all emotionally and physically just four days ago, and they have to come back on the road on a pitch that was very very waterlogged, very heavy. And part of me thinks that maybe Bruce Arena was asking for it when he just didn't when he didn't change anything from an albeit very strong performance. But I feel like you have to change at least something from some from a game that happened four days ago. And you're right; it's the end of the MLS season. Yeah, they're exhausted. And Bruce Arena comes in; and he's talking about like how difficult like the conditions are in Concacaf. Well, then do something about it. Don't start yeah. The conditions in- are hard, but the the spots are easy to come by. That's yeah. that's no, the trade off. Not even the fact that that the conditions are hard, like. Taylor Swoman said it in his rant yesterday. Belgium played Bosnia and Hertz, Hertz on a it's cow just, pasture. It's, it's just Bosnia now. It's just Bosnia. Just okay, Bosnia so now. they played Bosnia on a cow pasture. That literally is – he's not joking. That's literally where they played them. Like, it, and, this and is they, what and, happens in World Cup qualifying. You just deal with it. You have to play road games. You deal with it. You play it. You play the road games. And, and for Bruce to go out and say, I would love to see one of these hotshot teams from Europe come, come here and play – you didn't. Qualify. I would too, because yeah. then I might get to watch some good soccer. Exactly. I would love to see Spain come and play. That'd be fun. They Spain. Oh, they would. They would have won five nil yesterday. They would have won five nil in the. They, they would have won five nil with a weakened line. I was gonna say, yeah, they yeah. would have been four nil up in the first half and then just coasted in the second half. Yeah. Like it would have been. It, it would have been a joke. They wouldn't have even started their first team. Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah. There's just so much to talk about. I, I don't even. This U.S. team lost. Three times in the hex. They hadn't done yeah. that. They lost to Costa Rica at home four times. Excuse me. I was just going to say that that math doesn't add up. They lost four times. They lost to Costa Rica both times, Mexico at home, and Trinidad on the road. And then all these draws in there. It, 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 the writing, Honestly, the writing was on the wall for this team from day one in the hex. The fact that they lost to Mexico on home soil in Columbus where they never lose 
This and then and then three or four days later went to Costa Rica and got absolutely smacked. This the writing was on the wall for this team, and I, I think a, a lot of us should have realized this sooner. I think everybody was was banking on the fact that Concacaf is so easy to qualify from, but when you look back, you see. All of these signs, I mean, the players not turning up on big occasions, players not really wanting to play for the shirt, just going through the motions. Klinsman got fired, and yes, there was a bit of a uh, rejuvenation when Arena first came in and, and started to fix things, but my goodness, why did we not see this coming? And, and I think that goes into U.S. soccer, the Federation as a whole. I mean, you had Mexico, for example, was on the brink of record World Cup uh, of qualifying within the hex. And throughout the entire qualifying period, people were calling for Juan Carlos Osorio's head to be to be sacked. There's there's just a different idea of of success between soccer nations. Yeah. It for the U.S. and around to compared to around the world, like the U.S. awards mediocrity. And it's 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 just such a selective focus by American soccer fans. It's like they only care about. The World Cup, so they don't even focus on World Cup qualifying because they're so used to qualifying. And then the U.S. goes three, four, and three in the World Cup qualifying, and people don't even realize till the second half of the last game that oh no, this could happen that we could actually not make it. People didn't realize after they lost to Mexico, after they got smacked by Costa Rica, like it should they should have realized it a long time ago. And Bruce Arena shouldn't have even made it to. To this far into qualifying. Speaking of Mexico, thanks a lot for the help after the U.S. helped them four years ago. I mean, they, yeah. Mexico literally would not be in the World Cup if it wasn't for U.S. scoring the goal against Panama. It would have been Panama in the playoff rather than Mexico. And of course, Mexico thrashed New Zealand in the two-legged playoff because they are the better team and they got there and they got their rack together when they needed to. But I just knew, and the U.S. shouldn't have been in this position to begin with. But the fact that such an like an own goal off of Guillermo Ochoa, like it was. I mean, it was you could just tell it just wasn't the U.S.'s night. The signals were there, and too. it was that just it, the yeah, it went off the, brutal. It went off the back of his head. It was just it was just an absolute disaster for for U.S. soccer overall. Boys, we're coming to the end of the show. We've only really touched the surface on this entire discussion. We've got. We've we've got a World Cup next summer. Obviously, we all all are still going to enjoy it because it is the World Cup and it's so soccer and it's the greatest tournament in the world. That's what I'm thinking. I'm obviously going to cheer for Germany. I I always cheer for Germany. Hopefully, Ireland makes it because I am oh, Irish. So fun. I would love to root for them. And I'm I'm going to root for my, Iceland. Hopefully, I, I, Iceland are fine. I, I, they're becoming a little too mainstream I, for me. I, I like I like Iceland. I like I'm Iceland. on board. And, I'm and on you board. know what? I'd also like to see Sweden make the World Cup. You just well, want to see Zlatan well, Ibrahimovic. No, Ibrahimovic he retired. retired from international yeah, he's retired from international football, but yeah, who but cares? He, but he'd, he'd probably be like, last-minute heroic, I'm going to come back. Uh, I hope no, not. No, that's not the way he is. Well, he's, he's, <laughs> he's, been, he he's been terrible in international football anyway, so I don't even want to... I don't, I don't, the World Cup would be better without, without Zlatan. I'm going to cheer for Ivory Coast as well. Granted that they make it, I'm pretty sure that they... Did they qualify already? I, I think they know. did. I they think have, they did. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think they did. You know they who didn't Serge qualify? Aurier. You know who didn't qualify? Netherlands. Is, uh, is uh, Ghana. Oh. oh. But they, now it doesn't matter because we didn't qualify either. We would have <laughs> exactly. avoided them. So we avoided, we avoided them. We yeah. did avoid them. That's, that's one way to avoid Ghana. Because we're both not going. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, we can play our own tournament. That's the mo- Oh, God. Oh, host the World Cup NIT. Uh, that's what I saw a tweet last night. <laughs> When's the World Cup NIT start? That gave me a little chuckle in a very, in a very dark time. That was... That was very good. All right, boys. Final thoughts. We've got a World Cup coming up next summer where the U.S. is not going to be part of it. It's going to be very, very weird, and we're going to have to wait five more years until we see 
Christian, uh, hopefully five more years, considering that it's, this doesn't happen again yeah. in four years. We can't take this for granted anymore. But, boys, your your final thoughts as we wrap up the show. Wholesale change. not Golati, Arena, they all got to go. And I I might be inclined to agree with you, everybody but Pulisic. Maybe Bobby Wood, but everybody but Pulisic and Bobby Wood, gone. Change needs to happen top to bottom. You know, you got to get – Gulati has to go. We need, a, we need to find a true manager. And at the end of the day, it's – it's the player development and the US under 17s they're they're tearing it up at at the under 17 world cup right now in india they're 2 and 0 there's hope in the future just call them all the, up the young guys it, it's a, soccer has grown tremendously in the country a lot of athletes have chosen soccer so i i i hope to see some changes in players in the, in the lineup in the coming years. One of the darkest days in not just U.S. soccer history, but U.S. sports history. This is FUVFC. Hopefully, we'll be back next, ye- next week in a much, much peppier mood. Bye for now.